From the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, welcome to Nebraska Farmcast. I'm Ryan Evans. On June 24th, the U.S. Senate adopted S-1251, the Growing Climate Solutions Act of 2021. The bill seeks to make it easier for farmers and ranchers to participate in voluntary carbon credit markets and to get a fair share of the carbon credit revenue they generate. With me to discuss more about the Growing Climate Solutions Act is Dave Aiken, professor and water and agricultural law specialist in the Department of Agricultural Economics here at UNL. Welcome back, Dave. Good to talk to you, Ryan. So a lot to get to with this. The Growing Climate Solutions Act is, uh, in fact, not a law yet. So where are we at in the process? You bet. It's been passed by the Senate. Uh, so the House of Representatives to take action. Uh, hopefully they will, but that remains to be seen. Uh, and But if both houses pass it, uh, then it can go to the president and the president signs it, then it goes into law. And if that eventually happens, what would the act do? Uh, it's, you know, this was a 30, over 30 page bill. There's a lot of stuff in it. Um, but the, the important ones that jumped out at me, uh, there's going to be a USDA uh, carbon market study. Uh, there's going to be an advisory committee uh, largely made up of farmers and ranchers to oversee how this program works. Uh, the USDA will certify uh, companies and uh, people who work with uh, farmers and ranchers in participating in uh, carbon markets. Uh, the law or the bill, excuse me, the bill also identifies a long list of uh, ag uh, practices that might generate carbon credits. Uh, there will be a USDA website with uh a list of people who can work with farmers and ranchers in getting into the carbon market. And it also establishes legal uh, producer protection requirements. Great. And we'll kind of start to step through some of this right now. So starting with the carbon market study that you mentioned, what would that be looking at? Well, basically uh, USDA would look back over the past four years and say, how have these uh, carbon markets operated uh, in the United States and uh, made more farmer-friendly? So that would be a very important study, and it would guide a lot of the activities that the uh, USDA would do in implementing this law if it becomes law. And can you explain the advisory committee, who would be on it, and what it would do? Yes. uh, Farmers, ranchers, that uh, forest landowners would be a majority of the members of the committee, so it should be hopefully farmer friendly. Uh, in addition, there's you know representatives from uh, the carbon uh, market industry itself, uh, and also some from uh, some from land grants. Uh, the committee will advise USDA um, on just about everything that USDA does. Uh, in this, in this uh, carbon market program. Okay. And in the context of this bill, what is a technical assistance provider? Boy, Ryan, I tell you, um, it, I, it seemed like they tried to come up with the most confusing terms that they could. <laughs> uh, 
real, I'm really scratching my head about this. But uh, as far as the carbon program is concerned, uh, basically the way I read it, and who knows if I'm right, but basically it's anybody that helps producers participate uh, in carbon markets, uh, or it could be somebody who helps them with the practices that generates potential carbon credits that would could allow them to participate in the carbon markets. So this could uh, include some of these private ag carbon companies and consultants that we've heard a lot about in the recent months that can also provide, for example, cooperative extent uh, because it, we provide education to producers on practices that could lead to carbon, uh, uh, reduced carbon. Great. And the bill also talks a lot about third-party verifiers. So uh, what's your take on uh, what a third-party verifier is? Okay. They are, uh, because, well, the third-party part means that they are not a buyer or seller of uh, carbon credits. Uh, at least I think that's what it means. Uh, not really clear. So um, it's somebody who... Uh, can measure or verify the carbon savings or the carbon uh, sequestration in the soil, uh, whatever it is that somebody is trying to say, this is how many carbon credits this activity generated over this many acres. And it could be somebody like uh, uh, an agricultural lab. We have a lot of private ag labs that help people with uh, soil survey us uh, soil analyses and, and that kinds of thing, that kind of thing. And so it is pro- it's probably going to end up being somebody like that. Okay. And how would they go about getting certified by USDA? Well, um, it looks like the, the, the bill uh, proposes kind of a dual track. You know, people who have uh, enough experience in this area could go through something that's called self-certification where, you know, USDA would say, okay, here's here's what you have to be able to do. And if you send us the documentation in terms of, you know, from your company in terms of how you do this or whatever, you know, if, if it's good, if it looks good, then, then we'll certify you. Uh, but there'll also be study materials for the second track for somebody who, who say maybe uh, as a crop consultant, for example, and wants to get into this, uh, but doesn't know enough about, you know, the carbon markets and stuff like that to do it, uh, there would be like this USDA uh, website where they could go and go through these self-study materials and then, and then take a test. And so, you know, that would, that would be the, the two ways to do it. And then these people would be USDA certified either as third par- party verifiers or as USDA certified uh, technical assistance providers. Okay. And do you know if that certification is something that's required or uh, if not, is there a benefit to doing so that you see? Okay. Um, it's, would you would not have to get certified. Um, you know, this, it would be voluntary to try to get certified by one of these consultants, let's say. However, there are some benefits. Uh, basically, you would be on the USDA website in terms of a certified uh, service provider, and that's going to be the first place that most farmers go to uh, to look if they want to find out about carbon markets. Uh, that's the first place they're going to go to look, and so it would be a great 
frankly, uh, advertising vehicle for anybody who wants to participate uh, in this market. So I think there'll be a lot of people that want to do it, uh, but uh, but nobody has to do it unless they want to say that they're USDA certified. Then they then they would have to do it. Great. And uh, as far as the kinds of activities that could generate carbon credits, we've talked a lot about these here on the podcast and published a lot about these activities on our website at cap.unl.edu. Uh, what's in the Grow- Growing Climate Solutions Act, though? What does the bill actually lay out in terms of the types of activities? Yeah, this was this was about three pages, I think, from the bill. So I'm just going to kind of run through it real quick or try to. Uh, uh, carbon storage in soil, uh, fuel savings, uh, livestock emission reductions, uh, which could be through feed or feed additives or vaccines. I just read something about a new vaccine that they've tested in New Zealand, and maybe that'll do it. Uh, also through uh, manure management practices, um, on-farm clean energy uh, generation, uh, fertilizer uh, emission reductions, uh, reforestation, uh, forest management, including improved harvesting practices and thinning of diseased trees. The big deal with all the wildfires we got. Um, preventing conversion of forests, grasslands, and wetlands to you know cropland, and restoring wetlands or grasslands. Uh, grassland management, including prescribed grazing, and uh, most NRCS land conservation. Uh, program practices. Wow. A number of new practices on the list we have not heard mentioned on this podcast before. Uh, It's quite a long list. Yes, it is. It's very, it's very comprehensive. I think they're trying to say, you know, what could possibly uh, end up uh, in these carbon markets? You know, what, what would uh, save, what would reduce carbon emissions um, or, you know, uh, carbon out of the atmosphere, like in soil sequestration. And so they, they threw in everything but the kitchen sink. However, uh, we have to understand that not all of these practices uh, would necessarily generate carbon credits that could be bought and sold on carbon markets. That is, somebody has to be willing to buy these markets, uh, excuse me, buy these credits, and they may not do it, for example, for manure management, just to pick one. Uh, they might say, "I don't think I don't think manure management really is is uh, reducing carbon emissions that much, so I'm not interested in those kinds of carbon credits." So you know, uh, but they wanted to be exhaustive, I think, uh, to make people think broadly in terms of carbon reductions. And who knows, we might see some of this stuff in the uh, USDA Smart Agriculture Program down the road. Mm-hmm. Great, good point, and. What are some of the producer protection requirements that the bill lays out? Okay. If somebody is certified as a technical assistance provider or as a third-party verifier, uh, to the maximum extent feasible, they would be required to act in good faith, which means, you know, basically uh, to be – they can't be sneaky – uh, they can't be hiding the ball. You know, they have, they have, they owe full disclosure to whoever the farmer that they're working with. Uh, so that, that has, a, that's, that's a big deal because a lot of commercial transactions, people don't necessarily act in good faith. 
and uh, they have to provide realistic estimates of carbon credit costs and revenue uh, and make sure that the producers receive a fair share of carbon credit proceeds. And there's not a specific number in terms of what the fair share is, uh, but that is something probably that USDA would look at over time. Okay. And is the bill, the Growing Climate Solutions Act, is it intended to be a regulatory program? Uh, no, it is all voluntary. It's all voluntary. So, you know, the farmers don't have to work with USDA certified uh, carbon consultants. They can work with uncertified ones. Uh, carbon consultants don't have to get certified if they don't want to. Uh, you know, it's 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 all voluntary. But the hope is that uh, that the USDA uh, program requirements they set up, like how to measure how much carbon is being stored, uh, how much carbon is being saved through reduced fuel use or improved manure management or whatever it might be. Uh, the hope is that the carbon markets would look at these and say, oh, that's that's a pretty good measure. We're going to we're going to we're going to follow. We're going to adopt that. Uh, for uh, for what we count as carbon credits, you know, they're hopeful. Hopefully, that this would happen. Uh, but uh, at least in this bill, there is no requirement that they operate that way. Uh, so the the marketplace would would pretty much operate uh, on its own. But the hope is that all the USDA stuff, the certification and everything else, would influence uh, how they uh, how they uh, ran their ag carbon program. And if farmers want to market their um, carbon credits through certified uh, carbon professionals, then that would have a big influence on how these uh, carbon markets evolve over time. So the bill we mentioned, it's been adopted by the Senate. It's on uh, to the House next. What do you see ahead as far as when the bill and if the bill will become law? Well, uh, it, th- th- that's a little bit hard to say. Um, I hope, you know, by the end of the year, uh, but I may be too optimistic on this, uh, hard to know. Uh, there are some uh, Democrats in the House who would rather see the emphasis being put on uh, more clean energy production, uh, a cleaner grid, uh, uh, reductions in uh, carbon emissions, uh, and that type of thing. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, environment groups and a lot of conservation groups that really are behind uh, S-1251. They think it's a great bill, uh, and they want to see it. They want to see it get through. Um, and so hopefully there's enough bipartisan support in the House uh, that it gets adopted. And I think if it did, there's you know a chance that uh, it could be done maybe even before Christmas. Uh, I think if it were, uh, I think if it were, if it passed both houses, uh, I think the president would be pretty happy to uh, sign it. Right. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for doing this. This is a lot of work to go through this bill and provide this analysis. And uh, you've got a great new article about this. It expands more on what we've been talking about here on the podcast. And that's available on the website for our Center for Ag Profitability at cap.unl.edu. And there you can find a number of other resources. This will be added, in fact, to a growing list of resources about ag carbon. And that is just cap.unl.edu slash carbon. Thanks again, Dave. 
Thanks again, Ryan, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu. 